0: What is going on. It's Kaivar Williams here, host of Failing In Love. And we are just sitting back, passing notes, you know, having a little bit of a dialogue. And uh, you know, I can't get to every single note that y'all email me. But I'm trying to get to uh, I don't know, like some of them are similar. So I try to answer the questions accordingly without being too repetitive. And uh, some of y'all be asking some nasty ass questions. Don't forget, I'm somebody's daddy out here. Don't don't how would you like if somebody was talking nasty to your daddy with his old ass, but, but, uh, with that being said, uh, I really appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for all the love and interest in my show. And hopefully I'm giving y'all at least a 10th of what y'all giving me, man. Cause y'all make me feel unbelievable, you know, especially when it comes to passing notes because it's like, Oh shit. Like y'all's really listening to the show. And, uh, it's funny like with some of the questions y'all just want me to be more descriptive you nasty perverts want me to talk about my fluid squirting in that woman's face and whatnot. just nasty but uh <laughs> with that being said let's hop into it hey man Kyle Vaughan. don't make fun of my black saying cause I'm black motherfucker alright hey Kyle Vaughan. Why have your shows gone so soft, man? You used to talk about these skanks and skiddly paps. Now it's something else. This sponsorship sent to you, uh, dear random Caucasianized black voice. Uh, <laughs> forgive me, I've been on that dog walker. Uh, no, nah, man. What it comes down to is, first again, shout out to uh, my sponsor, a Relief. And, uh, you know, Lady J. Like, Julia has done an amazing job with not only being a sponsor to the show, but, like, just being a friend to me. You know what I mean? Um, Real good person. Her intentions are well. And, like, I want to say I said a couple of shows ago, like, you know, with a lot of sponsorships, they'll send you, like, nasty emails or just overbearing inquisitive emails or concerns or Hey, could you not say the N-word? Well, I really don't say the N-word. Usually I say N-word. But I don't care if I say the F-word or the C-word or the W-word or the S-word. There's a lot of words <laughs> that I could say that I don't. But uh, Lady J is just like, you know, just speak your truth and, and tell, you know, tell us some stories. Let, let us know, you know, like what is the black male perspective on dating and love and lessons you've learned in life. So now she hasn't really censored me. I think the biggest thing is uh, since December the 6th, my cottage has been intermittently flooding. So it's me working, still trying to do the other things I want to accomplish this year, Uh, packing up, getting ready to move. Just a whole bunch of stuff has really uh, held me back. But one of the most important things I wouldn't say held me back but had my immediate attention was uh Camille was uh recently having some health issues. So I had to go to my hometown to check on her, spend a little bit of time up there to make sure that she was good, you know what I mean? And she liked to refer to herself as the blueprint. Had to make sure a little blue was alright and blue's alright. So, you know Yeah, I love you. I'm glad you pulling through sweetie. So uh man it was more about that than anything but don't worry i got some freaky tales baby i got some freaky tales and hopefully it's not a lady in your life that you recognize from one of these tales because if you do you just gotta respect the game man so how about this you email me and i could tell you one of three stories one of the the freakiest nastiest most explicit tales that i could tell because like uh one of the things I got, one of the notes is like, can you be more explicit? I mean, I can't. It was from a woman, just nasty. And like she's only like 35 years old. I'm not gonna say your name, but girl, you nasty. Wanna know about what I be doing? What I be doing, what I do sometimes. But uh, yeah, man, I hear what you're saying. And uh look, right now the listenership is eighty-three seventeen, so maybe that was me like just subconsciously like Placating to that, you know what I mean. But now, like I ask people all the time, like especially in passing notes, like, well, what do you think? You know, the next show should be about. And a lot of y'all are more like, well, get back to the dating. You know how it is, dating in 2023 and beyond, and you know how it was like 10 years ago. And like I definitely respect that. It's just again, you know, this place flooding as much as it has, and me working and my other endeavors. Like it's just been hard, but man, I get back on it. So. Just uh, to answer the question, no, my sponsorship didn't censor me. She's very supportive, and I appreciate her. And uh, she's paying me a decent amount, baby, but not that much. But it is decent. So, all right. Let's see what else we got. She, she's probably listening to this, Kai. You. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dear Kai, when was the last time you went on a date, and how is your celibacy going? Okay. That's easy enough as I sip my drink. Give me just one second. Tonight's drink is actually uh, Red Bull and Vanilla Ciroc. And the reason why is Vanilla Ciroc is I put that in the freezer when I first moved here. And like, I know I can't, I'm not gonna take it with me. You know what I mean? Cause the other liquor I have inside the Vice Globe uh, has not been open. You know, Camille got me a bottle of Booker's for Christmas. And then I have a bottle of XO Hennessy and uh, XR Crown Royal that haven't been opened up and they just, like, in the Vice Bar. So, uh, I'm like, well, I'll just drink this, you know, because I'm off tomorrow. i just drink this and chill out and uh, do my show. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm drinking on. But, uh, yeah, the last time I went on a date, like I was explaining to the brother previously, I haven't been. There's been, like a few plans for stuff that didn't necessarily fall through. Uh I happened to meet another carrier. I'm I would call her Speedy Gonzalez, but that'd be racist cause she's Mexican. And um she drives fast, which is really descriptive. And her last name isn't Gonzalez, but if I call her Speedy Gonzalez, just know I'm talking about this carrier who uh pretty much does she does what I do. Uh she's much better at it than I am. I can't even front. And we were supposed to meet up in Memphis, uh, you know, for a little bit of blues and dancing. But I, I had to decline. You know, I had to check on Camille's health, make sure she was okay. Again, that had top priority. But Speedy and I were supposed to go on a date. And that's the next uh, date that I have set up like I'm a boxer. Yes, Kevin Williams versus Speedy Gonzalez for the box belt. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm still celibate. And and that's the thing, like, I don't want anyone feeling like having sex or being sexual is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Love your body, express yourself, explore with people who are legal age, you nasty motherfuckers. But, like, with that, just, uh, you know, see, see what you like and what you don't like. You don't want to be married to somebody who's not, you know, or even in a long term relationship with someone who's not sexually compatible with you. You know what I mean? Uh, people talk about infidelity being one of the biggest problems in relationships when I think it's communication, because I think if you communicate it well enough, there will be no infidelity. If I was married, my wife was like, you know what? I wanna fuck horse cock Hickerson. And I was like, oh, you want a piece of horse cock Hickerson? Well, if you're gonna bang that guy, I want a piece of pretty poontang Priscilla. You know what I mean? Like let let's let's work this out because a marriage is a union of two becoming one. So if you have those desires and things, maybe I have those same desires, baby. Let's get it. So that's another reason why, you know, I'm practicing my celibacy because I've had sex. I've enjoyed sex. I've had children. You know what I mean? I don't plan on having any more. I I, I think God has blessed me with the right amount. (laughs) You know what I mean? Everything is even. Um, what What it comes down to, though, is... I'm not better than anybody. And people who practice celibacy, they're not better than anybody. I just needed a break. You know, I've been sexually active for what? Four decades? The 90s, the 2000s, the 10s, the 20s. These nuts need a break. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool that, you know, sex is amazing with the right person but i've had sex with a lot of the wrong people and right, a lot of the wrong times and the thing that i can say for anybody i think you should practice celibacy maybe five times in your life just just, just let your temple air out a little bit let, let 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 them smells and that uh odor or whatever you know that, that constant pressure like just man, get in touch with you like all jokes aside And for me, it's an amazing journey. I told you, like the times that I was practicing celibacy. And not only did I get more in touch with myself and try to fix some of the deficiencies in my life, but also I understood people better. You know, it's like, you know, you look back and sit and you kind of look at somebody's body language and see if it's matching their words when you don't really have the urge, out of need, like that. Now, don't get it twisted. I get horny at times, but it's like I'm more of a sapiosexual now. Like it's more about where's her mind at. You know what I mean? That kind of gets me to where I need to be. But it's also a bonus when the body is banging and you know the smile is on point. She cook and all that stuff. You know what I mean? But it, it's just getting to the point of mastering yourself like with martial arts you know what I mean like just understanding that you know who you are what you need and what you want and I truly believe if you listen to your body that your body will tell you what you need and one of the things that my body was telling me was nah I don't need sex right now but I need love I need to fix some things I need to talk about some things I need to heal some things and sex can't Fix those things. You know, I can't fuck away my past. I can't lick away my problems. You know, I can't pee on people. Well, not anymore. <laughs> but, <when it> comes, <laughs> forgive me. What it comes down to, though, is just having that clarity. And, and I really, I love it. And I love me. And I love the people in my life. And the people who aren't in my life. That I loved once upon a time, I still got love for them. But I want them to be able to fix the worst part of themselves while loving who they are now. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, the last time I went on a date was whew, it was before December 6th. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez is the next date that signed up. If you want me to be more descriptive, Speedy Gonzalez 54 smile like the night sky with all the white stars above. Um, it's, a, it's a short haircut like doing the explore braces. Like doing the explore but like a modern cut. Uh, she's actually from the, the Bronx so I'm sorry she's not Mexican. She's Baricua, and she told me. So sorry about that. She's not Mexican so Gonzalez ain't even gonna work. So it uh, may be something like Camacho is her last name. So, but I'm I'm for the sake of this podcast. I'm calling Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, she's a she's a bigger woman. She's five four. I, you never tell a woman's weight, but uh, we're gonna go to a couple of buffets. You know what I mean? We we're gonna eat real good. Um, we're gonna hang out. And it's funny, man. Like, uh, I don't like it when women don't eat them, when they go on dates with me. I don't care if you're a size two or a size 22, you're going to eat while you're with me. Because I'm not going to starve myself or suck in my stomach while we hanging out. No, baby, what you see is what you get. So hopefully that answered that question. Uh, Just a summation, Speedy Gonzalez, and we are almost into February. So that's six months of me uh, not smashing anybody. Are even even getting a little bit of trim. It's it's not these hedges are over the windows. I need to get trimmed up, but I haven't haven't even got trimmed. All right. Okay, last one. Ooh, and this is a good one, and I picked it, but it's a good one. I mean, dear Kai, what was the most disloyal thing that anyone has ever done to you? And the reason why I picked this one, you know, when, when I look at social media and I look at like these podcasts and stuff like that, the biggest thing that they, they, they promote is division. You know what I mean? So this is not a time where I'm going to speak on any of my brothers and sisters in any sort of negative light, but we're going to call this guy Paul the Pollock. And if Polak is disrespectful to Polish people, I disres—I apologize. No disrespect is meant, but remember that whenever you're watching your films and a person of African descent or an African-American is called the N-word. All right. So as many of you guys know, uh, I've been doing independent films for, oh my God, and like 16 years, 15 years, 16 years. And, um... Uh, the, the reason behind that, it was off of a you know, I seen like this one little snooty actor guy and he was doing Shakespeare in the park and, you know, in high school, we all do plays or maybe a part in the drama club or seen, you've at least seen the plays in drama club. You don't even got to be an actor for this shit to recognize bad acting. This motherfucker was like a horrible actor. So, uh, and we're not talking about Paul Pollock. We're talking about the bet. This dude was like a horrible actor. So anyway, I hit him with a monologue. I hit him with the uh, Samuel Jackson as Jules from uh, Pulp Fiction. And I feel that in, in any crowd, I think if you're a black guy, you could pull it off decently enough, and you can win over the crowd of uh, upper middle class white thespians or whatever so i did that and uh, this cat was like hey well maybe you should do you know plays with this theater company or that theater company this and the third so i did my research and i did that so i would like to say shout out to uh, my very first theater trope who done it it was a murder mystery theater uh troupe and uh, good people there, you know what I mean. I don't want to name all the names because I don't name somebody; it might be some drama, goddammit. it. But I work with very talented people there. So, at any rate, uh, I'm doing my thing there. You know, I'm I'm learning about the craft, articulation, you know, uh, stage direction, all this stuff or whatever, to become a more polished thespian. And the main thing that I wanted to focus on was monologues. I feel it's essential for actors to practice their monologues and to be on point with uh script memorization. So those are things I'm mastering as I'm working. So then I go to another theater troupe called the What If uh, Theater Troupe. Again, uh amazing, amazing ensemble of players. And I don't want to name names again because I won't leave anybody out because everybody was phenomenal. I was definitely on the lowest rung of this ladder. And I am so appreciative they accepted me and brought me in uh, to play interesting characters. So at any rate, I meet one of the um, the characters backstage. Well, I'm sorry, one of my castmates behind stage. He's like, oh my God, Kai Vaughn, you're, you're an amazing actor. And unbeknownst to him, like uh, I knew some of the people he was gonna name and he was like, "Look, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but you're one of the best, pardon my French, black actors I've ever worked with." And da 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 da. His name, like, well, all these other actors he worked with locally. Again, no disrespect, so I ain't gonna name any names. And he's like, "You're better than all of those guys." Hey, I have a buddy who uh, does independent films, uh, and he's looking for a, a black actor to play a lead, and he's having trouble, you know, casting them. So, I tell my buddy, uh, hey, let's go audition uh, for this guy. We both get cast, whatever, whatever. We do that film, and it's cool. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's one of my first independent films or whatever. And uh, the cinematographer, I meet the cinematographer, and that's Paul the Pollock. And uh, Paul is just like, hey, man, this film sucks. Uh, you're very talented uh, would you like to do movies with me I was like yeah but I'd rather you work for me than us have a partnership like I pay you you do the cinematography and we go from there yeah yeah I, I understand so I'm like well, what's your rate you know how much do you charge whatever whatever so I was paying him he'd do like I did this character called Apollo Jones I did like a whole bunch of like little fake commercials and all this other stuff or whatever, right? Because you want to have a reel, my monologue, my sizzle reel. And we did one film together, which was The Undoing, which was actually one of my most successful films independently. So we're doing our thing. I'm paying him. And, you know, he's building up a catalog off of my money and my dollars and my back. So I'm paying him and he's showing people, you know, the work. That we're doing, taking most of the credit for it. I'm not tripping. I'm the creative type. I could make anything out of anything. So, in Kentucky, there's a beverage called L8s. It's short for a late one. It's it's Kentucky uh, favorite, not a Louisville favorite, like Grippos and Chicken King or Indies or Big Red, but it's a Kentucky favorite. And people outside of like Louisville really love this thing. So somehow he was able to get in contact with those people or whatever, unbeknownst to me again. And um, Paul reached out to me. He was like, hey man, I really want to do this commercial and uh, you know, I need your help, blah, say blah. I'm like, what do you want me to do? He was like, well, I could film it. Do you think you come up with like a, like a script and uh, direct it? I'm like, yeah, I could do that. So we, we get the, you know, to the location and I'm telling people what to do. We getting everything ready, blah, blah, blah. I'm let the actors uh, put in their input. Cause you know, you always wanna let an actor do a little something, something, you know what I mean? To be like, hey, I suggested that to the director. So I like, all right, cool, whatever. So we finished that. I'm talking about, I acted my ass off. I directed my ass off. I'm exhausted, right? so about a month later on uh, Facebook, his fiance sends me a message and she's like, oh my God, congratulations, Kai. I'm so proud of you guys. Oh my God, this is going to change our lives. And is uh, Mahogany, you know, my ex-wife, is Mahogany excited too? What the fuck are you talking about, Lucy? Uh, I don't, what? She's like, yeah. Paul the Pollock sealed the deal with L eight. What? Oh my God, this is life-changing money. It's like a six-figure deal. I didn't know anything about this. Hello? Are you there? Hello? I'm just typing my little fingers away. Hello? Hello? I go to Paul the Pollock's, uh, house, his mom's house because he lived with his mom in the basement, which was, like, really a red flag. And, um... She's always been so nice to me. I mean, this woman is pretty much like an angel on earth. One of the sweetest people I've ever met. Every time she's seen me, and we're and we're from different backgrounds. You know what I mean? Like his folks are Polish. Like they're like he's second generation or whatever. Like his father speaks Polish or whatever they speak over there. And like his mom always sweet, "Kyle, are you hungry? You Want something to eat?" oh no, you just missed Paul, don't worry. Oh, come sit, stay with us. And it's just like, sweetest lady in the world. I come over there and like, she's like, hello, hello, good day, good day. And I'm like, hello, Mrs. Pollock. Is Paul the Pollock home? No, he's out. And uh, Paul's best friend was like a skinny little cat. I would ever call him Screech. Uh, he had very Dustin Diamond-like features. She's so, like, oh, no, Paul is out with Screech. They're having a good time. I'm surprised you have joined them. And I'm like, oh, no, ma'am, you know, I, there's just still a lot of work to be done, you know, whatever, whatever. She's like, yes, it is. But go meet up with them, celebrate with them. I was calling him, texting him. He never got back to me. I went over to his mom's house like two weeks later, he had moved out. So it was like a six-figure deal with L.A. He didn't tell me nothing about it. And here's the thing, he could've cut me in on 10%. He could've, you know, let me know what was happening. Or he could've just gave them a bug and he could put a bug in that area and be like, hey, you know what, Avant? he's my partner, he helped me put this together, X, Y, Z. So if you remember, like, an L.A. campaign in Kentucky that happened around 2012, 2013? Yeah, man. That that was my shit. You know what I mean? And, uh... It's... I think that's the most disloyal thing. Because, like... I'm paying you to do, like, these films and these commercials and stuff for me. You taking my creation and showing it to other people like it's our creation or your creation, then I help you do this commercial out of love. Not not a penny, not a dime, not a dollar was exchanged. And you make six figures off of it. And don't even hit me up. You don't call, you, you don't text, you don't leave a box or a card or a care package, nothing. You don't tell those people who I am, who the crew was, who the cast was. It was all about you, huh? All right, then, Paul. I wish you all the best. And that was the most disloyal, bitch-made thing that anybody's ever done to me. And I'm not even talking about the mothers of my children at their worst. Because they're women. And sometimes women do what women do. Being the fairest sex, but they are women. There is no place for a woman in a place of war, but you are another man. And you are so bitch made because of that. And the only reason why I'm not saying your real name is because you so much of a bitch, you'd sue me. So to answer your question, that's the most disloyal thing that someone has ever done to me. Do you know what I mean? Because like, yo, we could have did more commercials. We could have did our movies not just my movie we could have our movies we could have did all the shit we was talking about but you took that payoff and you were smart you got yourself a house for you and your new wife and her kids and your son and you know you're doing right now you know what I mean could have been doing great with me but also I had a little bit of success without you but I'm mad enough to say that with your help, I would have had way more success. So take that you, whatever you want to take it for. And y'all, as always, put God first and you'll never be last. Until next time, peace. And keep passing those notes.